Good morning, everyone. We are continuing our theme for this year, which is to make all things new. The scripture says in Revelation 21.5, He who sits on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. God is into new things, and he's creative. He wants to make things new. And that's our focus for this year. Now, COVID has restricted us, but it's also accelerated us into new things. So we need to shift our focus from what we can't do to what we can do, and especially the things that God is leading us to do that are new. Now, last week we talked about our personal lives and how do we renew our personal life. And we looked at the five purposes that God created us for, and we talked about how we could fulfill those purposes in new ways. The first purpose was I was created for a relationship with God. So how could there be a new way that you could get to know and love God better? We saw that we were born again into God's family. And so we talked about how could you find a new way to lovingly relate to other members in the body of Christ. We saw that we were saved to be like Christ. And so again, how could we find a new way to make choices that Christ would make? The fourth one was we were shaped to serve others. And again, how would we find a new way to serve other people? And lastly, we were commissioned to tell others the good news. And so we talked about how we could find ways to reference Christ in our conversations. And so that was last week. We want to move on this week, and we want to talk about what new things does God want to do to initiate in our church? What new things does God want to initiate in our church? So we're talking now about our corporate being, and how we work together. Now again, as we mentioned before, COVID has restricted us. But you know what? God will do the mission of the church in new ways. Well, that asks the question, or brings us to the question, what is the mission of the church? Now that's a good thing that we should ask, because we always need to know why we're meeting, what's the purpose of our being together, and we, over the years, have used the word worship, W-O-R-S-H-I-P, to talk about the mission of the church. And we basically have um, expressed it this way, that worship is the mission of the church. So, let's look at this, W-O-R-S-H-I-P. These are the things that the Lord wants us to do. This is the assignment of the church. Well, the first one, W, just stands for worship, praise, and thanksgiving. God wants us to make praise and worship and express that to God. Here's how the scripture puts it in Ephesians 5.19. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So this is a mission of the church. We are to worship and praise the Lord. Now, how have, we, how have we traditionally done this? Well, it's been worship on Sunday, and right here on this platform. Singers, musicians, 
leading us in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing from our heart and worshiping the Lord. That's how we have traditionally expressed worship to the Lord here. Not exclusively, but it's how basically corporately we have done it. So that's a mission that we are to continue. Now the second is O, and that is outreach to non-believers. Part of the mission of the church is we are to spread the good news to non-believers. Here's how it words it in Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. This is the commission. This is the assignment of the church. How have we traditionally done that? Well, we've done it again Sunday on this platform. And we've shared messages and we have given invitations to people to receive the Lord. We do a daily radio prog program where again we are sharing the gospel and good news with people. We've done it through special events and given opportunity for people to hear the gospel and to receive Christ. So those are ways we have traditionally done it. That's the old way as if we could put it that way. And then the R is relating through fellowship. And the verse is from Acts 2.42, and they continued steadfastly in fellowship. A mission of the church is for its members to gather together and enjoy one another's fellowship. Now, how have we done that traditionally? Well, we have met in small groups. We have met as different ministry groups have gotten together and they fellowship. We have done it through Sunday fun days. We have done it through picnics and a whole variety of ways have we related to each other through fellowship. Brings us to S. What we're talking about here is the mission of the church. The S stands for serving our community. Galatians 6 and verse 10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. The church is to go about doing good, letting our light so shine so that people would glorify our Father in heaven. How have we done that? We have done it through the church with our bridge builders ministry where we try to build bridges to the community, meeting the community's needs. We've given backpacks away. We um, go down a group to Ray of Hope and uh, prepare meals for, for those that uh, are less fortunate. All these ways are things that we have done, and I could sort of say it again, the old way that we have doing it. It doesn't mean that we stop doing it the old way, but is it possible that God wants us to do new things? Now, COVID has restricted us from some of the old ways, some of these things that I've mentioned to you. COVID has restricted us, but it's accelerated us into new ways. Now, let's just move on through worship here because we're finding and trying to establish what is the mission of the church. The H stands for helping through mentoring. We are helping one another. Hebrews 3.13 says, exhort one another daily, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. We need one another. You're not meant to be an individualist Christian, a lone ranger Christian. 
We are meant to be together. We are meant to help one another, encourage one another. All again, the one another verses we are meant to uh, follow. Now, how, how have we done that in the church? Well, we have a Stephen ministry that um, connects people one and one with other people when they're going through difficult times. And they meet weekly uh, with their caregiver or with their care receiver, and they give care. They're not counselors, but they stand alongside, encourage, pray, and so forth. So again, this is a way that we have in the past fulfilled this mission. Now let's go to the eye of worship, and that is instruction in the word. And it says in Acts 2.42, this early church, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching. And so we are to come together, and part of the mission of the church is to teach the word of God, teach truths of God, teach principles, uh, teach values, a different way of thinking so that we act differently. All of this comes in instruction in the word. Now again, how have we done this in the past? Well, we've done it just like I am right now, usually on a Sunday morning, stand up, myself, Pastor David, others have spoken the word. We've done it through classes that we have. We've done it through seminars. There's so many different ways we've tried to fulfill this mission of the church. And let's go to the last one. The P of worship stands for prayer. And the scripture just simply says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. One of the prime Assignments of the church is to pray. And God moves in response to prayer. And we have prayer almost in everything. Prayer permeates everything that we're doing. Whether it's worship, whether we're reaching out to others, we're relating in fellowship. I mean, prayer is part and parcel of it all. We have an intercessory prayer group that has met on Monday night. And they have prayed and interceded and, and have seen great breakthroughs. See, what I'm talking about is the mission of the church, and I'm sharing with you the ways that we have done it. Now, COVID has changed much of that. I'm here in this auditorium, and I'm speaking to empty seats, but I know you're out there and you're listening. But COVID has stopped us from meeting here. It stopped us from doing many of the things that I have explained here of how we've tried to fulfill the mission of the church. Now, here's the point of this whole message, is that God wants to do new things. God is not restricted to do things in the same way all the time. Now, the mission of the church never changes, but the methods of the church does change and should change and is beneficial when it does change. So we shouldn't look at COVID as a terrible time. We'll eventually get back to doing a lot of these things we've done in the past. But if our theme is God wants to do new things, we need to be open to God and say, God, how do you want us as a church to fulfill your mission in new ways. Now, here's a point that I would leave with you. Worship, or W-O-R-S-I-P, as we've shared it, is not limited to an hour on Sunday. 
It should happen at home. It doesn't have to all happen inside the walls of this building. And it can be transferred outside of this building to homes, to families, to groups of individuals. And even in COVID, there is a possibility of a single person living alone. They're able to connect with uh, another household. And so we're not limited to just being by ourselves. We can get together in groups outside of this building in certain ways. And so for 300 years, here, here's a point you need to take note of. For 300 years, the church was at home. The, the early church did not have buildings that they met in. They met from house to house. Smaller groups. But they had something burning inside of them. The mission of the church was burning in their hearts and it didn't require a building that they had to go to to do things. They did it with a prompting of the Holy Spirit in their life as they were all spiritually renewed as we talked last week and then together as whole households and as groups of people they ministered and they accomplished the mission of the church but they did it in different ways, and in many different ways than what we're doing it. And so we need to ask the Lord, what new ways does the Lord want us to fulfill this mission? Now, I would propose this to you. The practice of the church being in a building for an hour on Sunday has severely diminished its effectiveness and influence. Now, that's a powerful statement. The fact that we traditionally have met here in this building for an hour on Sunday, and we sort of feel like we fulfilled the mission of being a church, and we do it always in this building or organized by the leaders of the church to do certain things, it has really diminished the effectiveness of the church. Now, all those things are good, and we'll get back to doing things here in the building and organize. But it's not limited to that. In fact, the church was meant to be 24-7. The church was not meant to meet one hour a week. It was meant to be effective 168 hours a week. That's how many hours are in a week. You can see how crippled the church can be if we think it all happens here. Now, it's sad that sometimes the church gets so upset that we can't meet here. And we feel like the church can't do anything unless it's here. And, and we need to get this the blinders off of our eyes to say, you know what? This is, this is not limiting the church that we can't meet in this building. It only limits the methods we have used to this point. And they are good methods, and we can reinstate them. But the church can do new things, especially through this time, and we can fulfill what God desires for us if we would just open our eyes and seek the Lord. And, and here's the verse that sort of substantiates what I've been saying. Acts 2, verses 46 and 47. This is this early church. From house to house, 
They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Now notice it said the Lord added to the church daily. It didn't say the Lord added to the church week to week or from meeting to meeting. No, he said the Lord added to the church daily because the church was about its mission 24-7. And so every day, all the aspects that we've talked about here was being carried out, but not necessarily through a building, but it was carried out by the church, which is people, and they fulfilled the mission that God had for them. So, what new thing would the Lord want to do? Now, now, now we get into some ground that uh, is really challenging to us. Now, this is what I, I would say to you. Here's the application of everything I've said thus far. Every household should start a home church. Every household should start a home church. Now, sometimes we ask the question to one, one another, you know, where's your home church? And we think about a building that meets at a certain time. A home church. And I, now don't misunderstand me. We need to have a home church. We need to have a place we connect and under spiritual leaders and pastors and elders. And we're, we're under the spiritual care and we belong. We, we've, we've connected somewhere. Now that's important. You need to have a home church. But I want to just stretch it a little bit and stretch our thinking into something that's new, and to say to you, your household, can it be a home church? That your home, that your home church really is in your home. Now that's a challenge to us. Now for that to happen, now listen, spiritual leaders have to step up. You can't be passive. You can't sit back and say, you know, I'm going to let the leaders of the church uh, that meets at 1000 Bleams Road, and they're going to organize some stuff, and you know, maybe I'll plug in, maybe I won't, and, and we've been, be, we become passive, and as a result, the church begun, begins to be ineffective and not being what God wants it to be. But what if spiritual leaders stepped up in every household? Now, I believe that God has made primarily the husband, the father in the home to be the spiritual leader of the home. It doesn't always be. Families can have different structures and different make, uh, makeups. But scripturally, the ideal is that the father or the husband in the home becomes the spiritual leader of that house, becomes actually the priest of that household. I'm challenging you. If you've never sensed that responsibility, this is something new that God wants to do. What a revolution. If rather than just having one building on Sunday, but we have multiple buildings, multiple structures, every household becomes a home church. And the spiritual leader is in that home mustering his household 
encouraging his household and organizing, if we could put it that way, following the Lord's leadership to make his home a home church. That's a new thing for many people. It wasn't new, according to the scripture, in the early church, but it may be, might be new to us. And so perhaps the Lord is renewing some things. Now, stay with me this morning, because we're going for a ride here, a ride, a new ride, new thinking, new possibilities of what the church can be. So the reality of the whole situation is the home church is the building block of the local church. This home church I'm talking about is like a building block of the local church. We are a local church here, KW Christian Fellowship. There's other local churches. And now the local churches are to get together, and I meet with other pastors and fellowship with them because there's only one church in the city, but it's broken into local churches. And I'm saying the building block of our local church is the households in our church and that they become home churches. Now, I want to just share in the remaining time that we have four ways that your home can become a home church. Four ways a home church can fulfill the mission that we talked about, W-O-R-S-I-P, um, worship in these seven dimensions, that you, in your home, you can fulfill that mission. So let's just lock and launch into this and, and follow on. I hope that you're taking notes. And by the way, if you'd like the notes of this message, you can go to kwcf.life and you can download these uh, notes uh, or you can be taking notes as we go. It's really important that you do. I don't want this message to evaporate. I want you to, to think about this message and apply it to your lives. Now, we are going to be starting small groups and part of what the small group will be doing is talking about these things that we're talking about in these messages and talking about it in small groups. They'll happen over Zoom. And you'll be able to talk to one another, bounce ideas off of one another, encourage one another, so that every household becomes a home church. Now, in your house, in your home church, here's the first thing you need to do. Establish a home altar. Establish a home altar. Now, in my family, as I grew up with my mom and dad, my father called it, in, in their tradition, a family altar. It was a place where we met God. An altar is a place where you meet God. And so dad would call the times that we came together uh, as a family, and when we worshipped, and when we read the scripture, and when we prayed for one another, he called it family altar. So I'm going to call it a, a home altar. And I think every spiritual leader in a home needs to establish a home altar. A time when you gather the family together to fulfill these four things. Worship, that's the W of worship. P is the prayer. And the I is instruction in the word. You come together as a leader in your household and you function in that area. Now, I still remember in the farmhouse I grew up in, 
when I think of where that family altar was, it was in our living room. And it focused around my dad's uh, sitting chair, which was a blue and white vinyl chair with a rip in the seat. And dad would sit in that chair. And beside him, there was a lamp stand with a lamp on top. And halfway up the post, there was a little shelf built in. And on that shelf, he would have his Bible. I can't tell you how many times I saw my dad come in from working, and we grew up on a farm. He would sit down in that chair, and he'd pick up the Bible, and he'd start to read it. And that was just part of my experience of knowing my dad's habits in the house. But then, in, in our household, it was after breakfast, and, and of course, sometimes we couldn't do this, but as much as we could, dad would say, it's time for family altar, he, he would all gather around in the living room. Dad would take the Bible down, and he'd begin to read the scripture. And then he and mother would talk about it, and then we would pray. And sometimes, because the whole family was basically musical, my dad played a euphonium, uh, my mother played the accordion, both of my sisters were excellent piano players, my brother played a trumpet, I was the least musical of the whole family, but every now and then, I would try to play a trombone. But that didn't go very far. The other members of the family, they really excelled in this. And I remember different times, jam sessions in the home. Everybody playing, everybody singing. Uh, and there was worship in our home. And there was Bible reading in our home. And there was prayer in our home. It was all centered around a family altar, a home altar. It's a powerful thing. You need to implement this in your household. You know, I think about the Jewish families, and I've talked to Jewish people, and they've told me that Friday night, which is the beginning of Sabbath, that they would gather together, the mother would light the candles, and the father would conduct a time together. I don't know what they called it, but it was the opening of the Sabbath. And part of that procedure, they, they tell me, is that some point the father would bless the family. And he would say the blessing from Numbers 6 and verse 24. And you're familiar with it. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Father speaking that blessing over the family. For 2,000 years, Israel was not a nation. And Jewish people were spread all over the world. How in the world, after 2,000 years, could they come back, still maintain their identity, and come back and become a nation again in 1948? I tell you, I think a lot of it had to do with that Friday night, Family time when the father spoke a blessing over the family. Folks, this should really challenge us. Fathers, mothers, spiritual leaders in your home, you need to establish a home altar. Now that brings us to the second thing that a home church could have. Enjoy a home fun night. A home fun night. 
And this, this fulfills the R of worship, relating through fellowship. Once a week, have a night where, as a family, you do fun things together. Maybe it's telling stories, playing games. As my family was growing up, we would do this, and you know, we weren't, we weren't as consistent as, as I look back that I hope we would have been, but, but we did do family nights. And one of the things the kids really enjoyed when they were smaller was acting out a Bible story. We'd read a Bible story, and then we would act it out. And they especially loved the aspect of there was a donkey in it because I was down on all fours and they would climb on my back and I would crawl around the living room with the kids on my back. And it sort of got to the point that every Bible story had to have a donkey inserted in it somewhere along the line. And it was fun times. And this is part of fellowship. And, and as a home church, you can establish that aspect. Now that brings us to the next aspect that I would say you should establish in your home, home church. Execute a home project. Execute a home project. What does that do? It fulfills the S of worship, serving the community, and the O, out, outreach to non-believers. You do something as a family, that will benefit the community. And, and there are thousands of ways of doing this. I mean, you can bake cookies and distribute it. You can find some need in the community and raise funds. You can collect stuff to give away. There, there's all kinds of projects that you could do. Um, I remember going to a seminar years ago, and the presenter was talking about his childhood and he said he grew up in Chicago, and his dad would take him down to the Harbor Mission in Chicago that helped people that were homeless and those that were on the street. And he, I still remember him telling the story. It's funny how it sticks in your mind. He said, and I was a boy, I was driving with my dad, and there was a billboard, and it said, men of distinction drink, and it was some kind of whiskey. And it had this well-dressed person uh, and men of distinction uh, drink this whiskey. And he said, my dad said to you, son, that's not always the case, and that alcohol can be very destructive. He said, tonight, I want to take you to a place, and you see if they're men of distinction. And he was taking him to the Harvard mission. Now, I'm not belittling the, 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 the souls of the people that's there. But the billboard was sort of saying, you know, if you're going to be successful and prosperous and be distinctive in the world, you need to drink this alcohol. And he said, I never forgot that. Part of that was like his dad taking him on a mission as a family to do something. Now, that brings us to the last one I would share with you. That you should, you should do as a home church. Employ home one-on-ones. One-on-one meetings in the home. I was reading about Susanna Wesley, who lived in the 1700s. She was the mother of John and Charles Wesley, who were great evangelists and, and actually changed the world. Um, these two men. And... John Wesley, in one of his memoirs, spoke and talked about his mother, who had 
19 children. Only 10 of them survived childhood and came to adulthood. But John Wesley said, my mother would spend an hour a week with each one of the children, one-on-one. -on -one. And he said, those times with my mother shaped my life and made me the man I am. Wow, that's quite a testimony. One-on-one -on -one times in the family. And what is that satisfying? It's the H of worship, helping one another by mentoring. She had a personal schedule that she gave personal attention to each child, prayed with them, talked to them about their life, established goals with them. This is part of the church's responsibility. And in a home church, this is the responsibility of, of fathers and mothers and spiritual leaders. It can't all happen here one hour a week. But God wants home churches to establish all these things. God wants to do a new thing. This may be new to you. You might say, well, I don't know whether I can do that. I, I never thought about that. Listen, you need to step up. You need to start a home church. You need to gain support from others. And you need to start. Just start small. You'll make a difference. You'll fulfill the mission of the church. It won't just be happening for an hour on Sunday. It'll be happening all across Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge, wherever our members are. And in every household, there's worship happening. You're reaching out to others. So here's the four things again. Establish a home altar. Enjoy a home fun night. Execute a home project. And employ home one-on-ones with your family. I want to pray with us today. And I want you to seriously consider this. God wants to do new things. And, and when God does a new thing, it's usually a better thing, because God always does things better. And so I want to pray for you. I want to pray for us as a church. There are some things we can't do, but we can establish home churches. Father, I commit this message to you, and I commit this message to everyone that's listening today. We can do this, Lord, with your power, with your leading, and with your anointing. And we will see the benefits come forth in our own lives and in the lives of our families and our neighbors and those around us. And I pray, Lord, for those that may be single and individual and they're living alone, that they can see that they can connect with another family or they can connect with another two or three individuals and that they can do this as a home church, as a household church. So, Lord, give us the creative ways. Give us the new ways of doing this. And may it result in a great increase in your kingdom. And that the church will function as it's never functioned before, in power and in enthusiasm and in an expression 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.